turmoil in the outer rim. Located near a major hyperspace lane, the planet Felucia is caught in an unending battle between Republic and Separatist forces. Clone tank divisions make a valiant push deep into Separatist-controlled territory, led by Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka Tano. General Grievous, learning of the impending Jedi attack, has dispatched reinforcements to one of his droid outposts, hoping to secure his grip on the system. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 128th Big Jedi Game Hunting episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. And yes, indeed, it is true. Boisterous Tom is back. It, we are we are recording. The sun is out. The day is in front of us, at least most of it. Well, a good chunk of it. And that means we can be loud and boisterous and carry on in a very pro Star Wars fashion here on the Men Division Podcast. Please remember to reach out to us on social media. You can do that at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Hey, welcome in. It's Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Rewatch Mondays. And yes, I know. I know what you're going to say. We, <laughs> we, we were late last week. Uh, and that is... That is uh, that was not the plan. That was not the intention. Uh, I was I was uh, out of town on, on a bit of a, a long weekend, if you will, and I sort of just lost track of time. And uh, that is why I should always, always, always have the shows automatically uploaded and scheduled before I do things like that. So I'm very, very sorry. Uh, but luckily, we, we were able to get that out the next day, which, again, not great, not, not the intention. But thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for being patient and understanding. I truly, truly appreciate that. Well, we're back with another exciting episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. We're, we're, we're closing in on the end of Season 3. And what a season it's been. Uh, especially with these last six episodes, you know. Uh, spending time in the Mortis Trilogy and, and breaking down a lot of uh, uh, Jedi uh, Force philosophies and mysticism issues, if you will. And then spending time uh, in the Citadel Escape, uh, where we get to, to meet a young Captain Tarkin. And see the, the the beginnings of the relationship between he and Anakin Skywalker. Uh, so really, really exciting stuff in the, in the trilogies. Uh, and now we get a, a, an equally intense episode, but something of a breather uh, in the sense that it's not super mythology-based. We're just able to kind of go on the adventure with the characters. And I think that's a, a nice way to do it. 
and uh, will lead to a nice um, familiar face making his Clone Wars debut in the season finale on our next episode, or our next episode of Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. So exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, it's, it's season three, episode 21, Padawan Lost. The original air date was April 1st, 2011. Our plot this week, Ahsoka is captured by a Trandoshan during a battle on Felucia. The reptilian aims to hunt her down for sport together with his kin. This week's episode, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Bonnie Mark, and the cast, as always, a slam dunk home run. Uh, excuse me, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano, Gwendolyn Yeo as Khalifa, and we also know her as Nalase in the Bad Batch series. Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker and Ratter. James Arnold Taylor is Plo Koon, Cat Mole, and Legon. Those are all Trandosians. D. Bradley Baker is the Clone Troopers in TZ-33. Sunil Mahotra is Jinx. Zach Hanks as Garnak. Richard Green as Lo Terren. Tom Clark as Omer. Kevin Toms as Dar. Matthew Wood as the Battle Droids. And Tom Kane as the narrator. So our Jedi fortune cookie... Without humility, courage is a dangerous game. And I think that's a bit of an ode to the movie Dangerous uh, the most dangerous game about a movie about hunting, uh, humans hunting humans. In uh, this movie, I'm sorry, this episode, uh, again, echoes a lot of that, the, the, the familiar territory of those kind of movies. There's a bunch of movies about humans hunting humans, the most dangerous game, or are humans being hunted by other uh, creatures, you know, things in nature, or perhaps predators. A little bit of a predator vibe in this one. Now, a lot of the... Okay, now, Bosk made his debut in 1980. That was our first time seeing a Trandoshan in Star Wars. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of background material about Bosk or the Trandoshans until later on. And, you know, back in the day, a lot of that background material came courtesy of the Star Wars, the role-playing game, and, and all the source material that, that it would provide for the game. And it was in 89... 1989, for clarity's sake, uh, that the, the, the idea of Transosians as intergalactic big game hunters uh, was first sort of developed and played with. Now, that does come after 1987's Predator. So I wonder if there was a bit of inspiration when it, when it came to sort of fleshing out the background of the Transosian people and their species, or if, it, or if there was a little bit more to it than that. Again, you know, you, you, why not have an intergalactic hunting species? And the Transosians are just as good as anybody to have it and to, and to kind of inject them into a sort of mortal uh, foe nemesis relationship with the Wookiees of Kashyyyk, I think was also a, a very, very nice stroke as well. Uh, the Trandosians are a, 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 you know, they're humanoid, they're lizard-like. They come from the planet Trandosia uh, or, or Tadoshk, as it, as it is pronounced in Dosh. And, uh, what I was going to say was <laughs> a lot of their history still has stayed the same, right? Uh, whether it's, it's, it's um, a lot about their species has stayed the same from the old legends continuity to the new current canon with Disney. Uh, not a lot has changed. A lot of our experiences with them as a, as a species has changed though. There's a lot less material with the Trandosians uh, this time around in, in the new continuity. But they still, one of, the, one of my favorite aspects of them as a sort of big game uh, hunting species is worshiping the goddess they call the scorekeeper, uh, which means like all their hunts have uh, sig serious significance to uh, their, their society and into their afterlife. Uh, so that carries over from the old canon 
And uh, that was one of the aspects that I really, really liked about the Trandoshans as, as I'd read about them in, in the old expanded universe books like Tales from Java's Palace and Tales of the Bounty Hunters and, and things like that. Uh, you know, we again, Bosk has shown up on Star Wars The Clone Wars. He is, the, he is sort of our uh, model Trandoshan, if you will. We've seen several different types of Trandoshans uh, throughout the course of the new canon, uh, whether it's like Sid on the Bad Batch or some of the Trandoshans that we've seen in the Book of Boba Fett. And, yeah, I mean, again, it's a species, and there's different looks and different vibes to a lot of them. They're not, they don't all be like the big super hunters like Bosk. Um, but Bosk is a character who I think has lost a little bit of his, um, I don't know, a little bit of a cachet that he used to have in the old Expanded Universe. I don't think they've done enough with Bosk in the new canon. Uh, and, and hopefully that's something they, they address over time. Um, I, at least that's what I hope. I, I really, it's one of the aspects of the new canon uh, that I that I really miss from the old one is as you used to have those anthology books that would tell stories about these 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 characters that you know only had moments of screen time, but in those moments of screen time, uh, the audience found them infinitely fascinating, and there was infinite possibility in who they are, what they're doing there, why are they in Jawa's palace, why are they in the cantina on Moss Eisley, why are they there, you know, and, and these they'd bring these authors in to kind of flesh it out and tell that story of how that character got to be there, what's going on, why they're there who they're looking for, who they're hiding from. Uh, and, and I wish we would, I would, I'd like, uh, I shouldn't say wish. I, I'd like it if we got to go back to that and explore that more fully. You know, I like the new material coming out quite a bit in, in the books and in the comics. Um, I just, I just wish we got to get a little bit, we, if we, if, I wish we could kind of break away from our main characters. And as much as I love them, you know, those, those background characters, that, that lived-in feel of the Star Wars you know, galaxy is one of the reasons why I became such a big fan of it, why I was so enamored with it as, as a child, you know, all the way into my adult years. Uh, it, was, it was just like, it was just such a, it, it had such a tactile feel to it for a movie. You know, it, the, these characters just seemed to like ooze story and, and potential and possibility. You know, they weren't just there to fill out the scene. Like, they just seemed almost realized in a way, you know, and maybe a lot of that's due to like um, Lucas having these kind of things in his mind or, or the Ralph McQuarrie uh, concept art that would, that would just kind of like brought the whole galaxy to life in these movies. Uh, but the Trandoshans are a big time species and that, that rivalry with, with the Wookiees is, is exciting and interesting. Again, we got, we got to see that epitomized very, very recently in the book of Boba Fett uh, when, when Chrysanthemum, whether he's still black Chrysanthemum or not, seems to be up to for debate. Uh, he's black Chrysanthemum to me because I, I know him from the comics, but uh, until I get an official statement, uh, I just don't know for sure. Uh, but to see him get to rip the limbs off of a uh, Trandoshan was pretty exciting. Uh, and then if you also, if you're reading the comics or any of the High Republic novels, uh, you're, you've gotten to meet a Jedi master Trandoshan, uh, Master Skier, uh, who, who uh, lost an arm and uh, became infected by the Drengear and, and has gone through a whole thing in the comics. That's been very, very interesting. So the Trandoshans are sort of uh, the highlight species of, the, of these two episodes as we finally get to spend a little bit of time with them uh, in, in their big game hunting planet. And like I said, similarities to, to a vast array of genre movies about humans hunting humans and the most dangerous game and all that stuff. And then obviously uh, you mix in the sci-fi elements and you have a bit of Predator in there too, which is always exciting because Predator is one of my favorites. I love that movie. It is phenomenal. I can watch it. Time. Anytime it's on, it, it the channel stays there, and we just watch Arnold and the and Kevin Michael Kevin uh, Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah, Kevin Peter Hall square off against each other. It's pretty awesome. All right, so we should get into the episode proper. 
But we do have to do one thing first. I want to give a, a little bit of a correction. I believe is on this past week's Book of Boba Fett review. I misidentified Brendan Wayne, and I wanted to give a, a, a correction to that. I want Brendan Wayne to get a huge shout-out uh, because we were talking about the, the three actors who make up Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, and Brendan Wayne is a big part of that. And uh, I, I believe I got his first name incorrect. That's my bad. I knew better, but uh, it was a slip. It was a slip. Uh, and then, obviously, shout-out to Latif Crowder and... Pedro Pascal, of course, who gets all the love and all the credit, but let's be honest, do you really think he was on set for that movie or for that episode? I kind of don't think so. I kind of don't think so. He just did his ADR and he crushed it in his ADR, but I think there's a lot of Brendan Wayne and a lot of Latif Crowder uh, in that episode that just aired for the book of Boba Fett. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, which I'm sure you have because uh, the internet has no shame in telling you everything that's happened and it's only been uh, three days since the episode dropped. So there you go. <laughs> but hey, we try to be better than that on our social media feed, uh, and maybe that's why uh, we're lame <laughs> because I don't show spoilers. I tried to f- I tried to find the most generic image from the episode to post on on Twitter or Instagram, um, but I guess I got, I guess I got the I, di- I didn't get the memo that we shouldn't be posting spoilers. What do I know? Any hoot. Let's get into our episode. You know what that means? It's that time. We're here. We're ready. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Droid reinforcements have just arrived. We shall break into three groups to divide their defenses. I'll take the left flank. Skywalker attack the front gate. Ahsoka, you scale the back wall. We'll meet in the middle. Okay, scouts. Find me a way down there. Quiet-like. Going through the front gate won't be easy. Uh, You have it tougher going over that wall. You taught me well. I can handle anything. So this episode, in in my opinion, is something of a, of a misdirect. You know, we get that uh, introduction, the, the the voiceover, the narration from Tom Kane, uh, and he's laying out another battle on Felucia, highly contested, always changing hands. Uh, we get to see some native Felucians, which is nice. Uh, they're you know cute little guys. We've been to Felucia before, in case you don't remember. Definitely in season one, and I think uh, back in season two, we also revisited Felucia. So again, highly contested. The Republic and the Separatists will battle over Felucia many, many more times. Uh, we know that when Order 66 comes out, it's again contested land, and uh, Jedi Knight Ayla Secura dies there. So Felucia is a place that we spend a lot of time in the Clone War era. And we're back again, and this time, again, a bit of a misdirect as we're, we're sort of thrown into, into this battle. But that's not really what the episode's about. Like That's sort of our entry point. Uh, but it's on this mission as Ahsoka's running her part of the plan. Uh, she senses a presence at a certain point, uh, but is unable to, to pinpoint, to locate it, and, uh, and it actually turns out it's a Trandosian lying in wait. And uh, once she's alone, guarding the flank so that her troops can ascend the wall to, to join the attack on the, on the droid army, uh, she gets blasted by the, by the Trandosian, captured, and taken, to, taken off-world uh, back to one of their moons so that they can engage in a big game hunt, a rite of passage, if you will, for... This, this, this tribe's uh, uh, leader's son, Doc, uh, and he will attempt to make his first uh, kill as, a, as an adult. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a really straightforward episode from that point, point of view. You know, it, it's, it's Ahsoka pulled out of battle, thrown into an unknown circumstance against uh, assailants that she's not, not uh, I don't want to say prepared for, but like unexpected, unexpected assailants, right? She meets a group of former younglings who had been captured previously by Trandosians and who now have been living in hiding 
uh, living in fear of the Trandosians. And uh, that's sort of how they want to keep things. And, and Ahsoka's there just kind of upset the apple cart a little bit because she doesn't want to run and hide from the Trandosians. She wants to confront them. She wants to escape. She wants to get back to uh, her friends and her master and, and to the Jedi and to the clones and, and take, you know, take her place back. She's not willing to sit back on her heels. And uh, it's a big episode for Ahsoka in that sense because she's here to re ignite the fire in these in these these young padawans these jedi in training uh who sort of have had that fire uh dramatically reduced due to their experiences watching their friends die watching countless other beings be killed by the trandosians on these big hunts uh and the way it, it should be noted the way the trandosians hunt uh it's not exactly fair you know they have uh the high ground, if you will, if you want to put it in Star Wars vernacular, you know, they're in these in these uh, floaty carts, floaty cars, and and, and little little uh, speeders and stuff like that. Things elevated. They have height. They have the high ground, and they just pick people off. You know, there's no actual hunting technique. You know, it's it's like a, it's like shooting. A, I may get this reference wrong, and I excuse me, I've not uh, been out hunting in many, 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 many years, and it was like once, <laughs> but like they're kind of like shooting from like a like a blind, right? You know, it's, it's kind of unfair to, to, the, to the creature you're hunting, um, especially another living being, right? Uh, but I, again, I'm not here to judge on that. That's, it seems unfair to me, I, but who am I to say? If that's how you want to hunt, that's how you want to hunt, right? I'm not, I'm not here to, to pass judgment on any of that stuff. Um, but again, they have the high ground, and as we know in Star Wars, if you have the high ground, you're going to win. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, again, it, it's a fairly straightforward episode. Anakin, when he finds out that Ahsoka's missing, after they've beaten the Separatists at the battle and they find Ahsoka's missing, you know, his part of the story is is uh, trying to figure out where she's at and, and, and promising to locate her. And, and Master Plo telling Anakin that he has to trust in Ahsoka's abilities to save herself. You know, she's a Jedi Knight now, and it's not always about rushing off to rescue your Padawan. Like, your Padawan at a certain point has to be trusted to take care of herself. Uh and again, that's sort of Anakin, one of Anakin's sort of uh, fatal flaws, right? Like, he has to be the hero. He has to be the one to swoop in and save the day. And he thinks he's the only one who can do it. But him being a master now it re requires him to allow the student to grow and, and function on her own and, and not have to have his help all the time. Uh, and that's a hard lesson for Anakin, too. And that's part of his attachment issues, right? And we've talked about that a lot on the podcast and it will continue to be a major theme as we revisit Anakin. Uh, as we go on and we see more of the signs of, of, of his, you know, fall from grace that are, that are you know, eminent, all right? But the, the, so the episode does, does shine a nice light on Ahsoka in, in this, um, showing her determination, her, her grit, and her resolve. And, and it's a nice progression for her. You know, we, we've seen, this was the season where we saw her grow up she, you know, she's aged before, literally before her eyes in this season. Uh, and, and now we see that in her actions really well in this episode uh, because she, she is thrown out on her own. And she has to inspire these, these, these younglings who have kind of lost the way. You know, when, when she talks Khalifa down from force choking that Trindosian, um, you know, it reminds these Jedi, these younglings who have been gone for so, so long uh, what they what what it means to be a Jedi once again, and it's it's on that aspect of the story. I'm a little I'm a little 
again, I know Master Plo, we just talked about Master Plo is encouraging Master Skywalker to let his student grow on, on her own in this experience. But this seems like quite a few younglings had gone missing over time. And their, their master just uh, was like, man, okay, whatever. They'll figure it out. They better figure it out or, you know, whatever. May the, may the force be with them. Seems kind of mean because it seems like they've been there for a bit. Uh, and, and maybe they were even more of a younglings before Ahsoka got there. We don't quite know how long they've been hiding out on, the, on this Trandosian hunting planet, hunting moon, whatever it is. Uh, so there's sort of sort of a weird callousness to the Jedi who maybe abandoned them. Um, but again, that might be something that comes up in the second episode. I, I don't recall off the top of my head if that connects. And if it does, we'll talk about it on the next installment of the show. Don't even doubt that. But yeah, let's go ahead and find a nice clip to play. We never stood a chance. They attacked us on a training mission. You were captured and brought here. Why would they take younglings? Because Jedi Knights are too powerful for them. I'm Khalifa. This is Omer and Jinx. Who are you? Ahsoka Tano. I was captured during the Battle of Felucia. I'm a Padawan learner. What's the situation here? You'd better sit down. We were taken by those foul lizards for their amusement. To be hunted, killed, and mounted on their wall as trophies. We've been stuck here for more rotations than we can count. No one has come for us. I doubt anyone is still looking. Chew on that, Padawan. Then rest. You'll need your strength. So, of our lost younglings, uh, Khalifa appears to be human. Uh, <laughs> Omer is a is a Twi'lek, and Jinx is a Syrian. Um, you know, like much like Master Kaiata Mundi. So nice to see a kind of a youngling version of, of that, which is a species we don't see a ton of in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, I know they spent some time with them in the old Dark Horse Star Wars comic that came out after episode one. Uh, but yeah, with a species we haven't spent much time with in, in the new canon for sure. Um, so yeah, you, you meet this group of Padawans and they definitely are, are beaten down and they've, the, the, like, again, their, their sort of fire for being a Jedi has been, has been greatly diminished by being abandoned by, by the Jedi and, and sort of forgotten about by, by the, by the, by the, by the, by the um, excuse me, by the temple. And they are, they've, they've sort of lost their way. And Ahsoka is going to get them back on, on the path. And it's by, it's by reminding them not to give in to like, their darker, baser instincts, right? Like I said, we talked, already talked about when Khalifa is going to choke the one out. Uh, because Ahsoka's in a perilous situation because she's being the aggressor, right? She's out on her own trying to deal with these Trandoshans, trying to get a weapon, trying to get into a hold of a comm unit and, and get herself off the planet, and get herself back to, to Anakin and back into the and back into the war, and and expose these Trandosians for what they're doing, um, and it doesn't go well. But so because she needs their help, it's it's hard to do, thing, do things alone. That if we've learned one thing, if, if Ahsoka's learned one lesson, it's you know doing things as a team is a lot easier than doing things on your own, especially when when the odds are never in your aren't 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 in her favor in this particular episode. I was going to try and make a Hunger Games reference there, but I just don't care to do it, so. <laughs> I'm not going to bother trying. So, yeah, I mean, that's what this episode is. And basically the climax of the episode is the the leader of, of this sect, of this tribe of, of Trandosians, his son, Doc. Again, we talked about him. It's his uh, uh, rite of passage, if you will. And he gets into a conflict, fisticuffs with Ahsoka Tano, and it doesn't go his way. Doc 
uh, gets flung off of a big giant branch and is impaled on a, a spiky protrusion on the ground and is dead. And this sends the, the Trandoshan leader into a rage. And now he is uh, just all bent out of shape to make sure that he's going to get to kill Ahsoka Tano. And yeah, that's, I mean, again, this is the episode. It's a pretty straightforward episode. I, I can't think of too many things we need to pull apart here on this one. Um, other than, than, than Ahsoka kind of being this, this guiding light for these, young, these lost younglings. As, as Ahsoka is now the lost youngling, as, as the Padawan lost in the title. But again, she's sort of the one who finds the Jedi in these younglings who have been lost before her and, and brings them back to the light. And again, we'll see what their fate ultimately turns out to be in the second installment. Um, but it, it, it doesn't get much more straightforward than this. And the, there's not as much to uh, pull apart here as, as we, you know, as there were in the, in the last six episodes at the very least, right? Between the Mortis trilogy and the Citadel trilogy, uh, this is like as basic as it gets as far as the story goes. And I like that. I appreciate that. You know, we just had six really heavy, dense episodes with lots of layers and complexities to them. Uh, so to have something that's like very, very head-on and doesn't require a lot of uh, uh, analysis is kind of a nice breather uh, after those kind of heavy, heavy episodes. Uh, let's go ahead and check in on Master Anakin Skywalker and Plo Koon, Master, Master Plo, as, uh, as he's trying to, uh, you know, tell Anakin to like, hey, trust your Padawan. Trust your Padawan. Actually, before we do that, let's go ahead and, and check out Khalifa's final moments with Ahsoka and hear the sounds of a very, very angry Trandoshan. Those Jedi whelps killed my son. There's no escape! I'll hunt you down! Move us in closer! I can't. The brush is too thick. Khalifa, we have to move. Hurry! Please. Ahsoka, leave me. I won't. You have to. Ahsoka, please take care. I'll take care of the others. I know you will. There you go, a very angry Trandoshan. And Ahsoka, who has seen a lot of death already in her young life, uh, witnesses another one as, as uh, young Khalifa is, is uh, shot through the back by the very, very angry Trandoshan and uh, sets our path for the next episode as, as now Ahsoka's in charge of the remaining two younglings and has to figure out how to survive and get off the planet and escape these Trandoshans. Now we'll get to Master Plo and Master Anakin um, talking about, and when I say master, I mean Ahsoka's master. <laughs> Let's not go down that path of the distinguishing uh, roles of these, these characters here. Let's, uh, let's check it out. What 
is Ahsoka's strength. She is fearless. That can also be a weakness. Is she a worthy apprentice? No one has her kind of determination. Except you. I'll find her. This may not be within your power. Whatever you're trying to say, Master Plo, just say it. I am suggesting that perhaps, if you have trained her well, she shall take care of herself and find a way back to you. And there it is. That is the end of Padawan Lost. Again, it's, it's a simple, straightforward episode in so many, many ways, but it's really, really enjoyable at the same time. Uh, it, it's easily a seven and a half for me. I, I, I even lean towards an eight because I just, I just really like so many aspects of it, particularly because we're coming out of those heavy-hitting trilogies. Uh, and, and, and being a, a nice direct episode like this, bam, just works for me. Give me more like this. It's a great time. So, yeah, somewhere between seven and a half and an eight, easily. Easily, easily, easily. And that is our show for this week. Uh, I did want to make a special note because, again, we will be back on Wednesday this week with a day of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett Chapter 6 review. That should be out Wednesday evening, uh, nighttime, depending on what part of the country you're in. But, yeah, we should be back on schedule for Wednesday. Uh, I'm still sort of processing the wide range of feelings that exist on the Internet about last week's episode. So many people uh, absolutely love it. So a lot of people are also very upset that the best episode of the book of Boba Fett doesn't even have Boba Fett in it. Um, you know, I, I sort of talked about that on the episode. Uh, but there's, there's, there's a lot to talk about about this show in general. And that is why I do believe there will be sort of a uh, post-mortem episode reviewing the entire series. And... I may be trying something a little different when we convene for that, where we go to try and review the entire series. Uh, I may be reaching out to a few uh, trusted Star Wars friends to come on board and be part of a roundtable discussion about the show. And, and we'll see if I can get that put together. Uh, it's always a little bit tricky with everyone's schedules and things like that. But yeah, that may be something we do after we finish the final episode. We'll do our, our day of final episode review, and then we'll have sort of postmodern review of the entire series where we break down certain aspects, what worked for us, what didn't. And we'll try to be uh, constructive in, in the criticisms. That's sort of the, you know, that's sort of our key element here on Mandavision is, is we love Star Wars. We want to be positive about Star Wars, but we also want to, we also want to, um, um, you know, kind of share our thoughts. Like what worked for us, what didn't. It doesn't mean we don't like it. It doesn't mean we don't like it, but, but we can kind of talk about all these different things and, 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 just, again, just have a nice discussion. That's really what it's all about. Um, fingers crossed I can pull that off. Uh, I'll, be making, I'll be reaching out to some friends about that soon. And, and that will be what's coming up because that ties into the other bit of news. After we finish the final episode of Season 3, there will be a bit of a break from uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. I just like to take a week or two uh, to kind of get myself centered before we dive into another 20-plus episode season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, but that will allow us the opportunity to, to kind of more fully explore the book of Boba Fett. And that'll be really, really exciting. And then we'll possibly even, even depending on what happens next week, get a nice little preview for the Mandalorian season three. We will see. We will see. We will see. All right. Let's get out of here. 
We have a, a few things to talk about, a few reminders, if you will. Please find us on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Uh, and, and a reminder, if you're, if, if possible, or so inclined, sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews are an insanely great way to uh, help support the show, spread the word, and help us defeat the algorithm. Thank you so, so much. And we also want to mention the very special members, the Mandovision Maniacs, which you can become a member of over at patreon.com forward slash Mandovision. Join the Maniacs and gain access to bonus content. Right now we got a sweet James Bond, No Time to Die episode. And it really just talks about Daniel Craig as James Bond for the last you know four or five movies, whatever it was. And it's a blast. I, at least I think so. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Yasmin Hill Chody, the Batman, ooh, 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 missed that one up. The Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff's co-hosting The Ring and Ear, a great music podcast, so please check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company here in San Diego, and now Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. The Silent Assassin, he who should not be named. And... Syndicate Ram, co-host of the Come On It's So Good podcast. Check them all out. Thank you all so much for being Patreons, and enjoy the bonus content. All right, we're going to be back very, very soon. Boba Fett Wednesday, going to be here before you know it. Get ready for that. It's going to be awesome. All right, you know, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.